Here's Your Red Flag is intended for mature audiences only. Please listen with care. Lisa and I created this podcast with the goal of enlightening each other and our listeners in prevailing over narcissistic and toxic people and relationships. Our mission with this podcast is to help survivors of toxic relationships recognize red flags and areas of personal growth while equipping them with strategies for ultimate and lasting mental health across all relationships. This is a podcast of self-discovery. We'll be talking about personal freedom, safety, security, and strength while embracing our inner voice, recognizing and honoring our gut instinct, accepting imperfection, showing grace to ourselves, and starting anew. Many of our episodes will include topics such as psychological, emotional, and physical abuse, and detailed narcissistic and toxic behaviors. Our podcast is for educational and self-improvement purposes only and should not be viewed as a replacement for therapy. We are not professional therapists. If you are in need of professional help, please contact the appropriate authorities and see our show notes for helpful suggestions. Some names and identities have been changed for anonymity purposes. The opinions expressed by the guests on the show are their own and do not necessarily represent Lisa's or my views. You can find additional information about this podcast in the show notes, as well as on our website, heresyourredflag.com. And we are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See our show notes for the links. If you have a red flag story you'd like to share for an upcoming episode, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at heresyourredflag at gmail.com or private message us through Here's Your Red Flag Facebook or Instagram pages. Thanks, y'all. I flew up to the mirror Well, there was nothing that I seen You were Welcome back to Here's Your Red Flag. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Tony. Well, as promised, we are so grateful to have Lynn Mikey on our episode today. She will be discussing the importance of developing values, especially in relationships. She will go through an exercise to help us determine our own values by starting with what is most important to us in our lives. We all want to grow and learn, move from surviving to thriving, and have the best life possible. That can start with getting in touch with our core values. Lynn has worked in the field of human development for over 30 years as a nurse and psychotherapist, and since 1998 as a coach, educator, assessor, mentor, and supervisor. She is a senior faculty member at the Institute for Life Coach Training and an individual and group supervising coach and assessor for the executive coaching program of the University of Texas at Dallas, where she teaches coaching techniques and practices. She has also joined the faculty of the Grow More Coaching Program in New Delhi, India, where she is creating curriculum and teaching core competencies and doing mentoring and assessing. Lynn is the founder and CEO of Coaching Services International, which provides individual and group coaching services and advanced coaching courses. From early in her life and eventually in her career as a psychotherapist, Lynn has been a passionate advocate for women dealing with all kinds of abuse, including physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual abuse. As a psychotherapist in private practice and as the director of a 13-bed unit for women recovering from abuse, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, 
post-traumatic stress disorder and disassociative identity disorder, also known as multiple personality disorder. She appreciated and championed the grit, determination, perseverance, and hope expressed by her clients. Lynn worked with her psychotherapy clients to heal from the pain, humiliation, self-deprecation, and unwarranted guilt often experienced and expressed by them. It was with celebration and joy when women were able to realize that abuse was not okay, was not their fault, and that they could then claim they had survived the trauma and abuse they had endured. It was with this realization that they could begin to imagine a brighter and positive future available to them. After becoming a coach, Lynn read, researched, and reflected on her own personal and professional experiences and realized that surviving trauma was not the end of a person's journey. With this realization, she embraced the belief that moving from surviving to thriving was the next mountain to climb. With this background, she could clearly delineate the progression of redesigning one's life after a history of abuse and degradation. Drawing on her years of experience as a professionally educated and credentialed coach, Lynn is very knowledgeable about assisting clients to identify their strengths, gifts, and talents so each person can design and create the life they deserve and thus thrive. Lynn has an abundant life filled with gratitude and appreciation for her supportive husband, three adult children and their spouses, and 12 grandchildren, and she is forever 39. We are so happy to have you today, Lynn. Welcome to Here's Your Red Flag. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we are thrilled to have you here as well. Wonderful. We have been promising our audience that we would have one of the top experts of <laughs> not just coaching, but on values, the importance of values and how to identify your needs, goals, beliefs, and values. So we are very interested in what you have to teach us today. Okay. Well, great. I can dive right in and please, as I go along, feel free to interrupt and ask a question or whatever. So what we, the purpose of today is to discuss values. And as I've said before, it's a word that everybody uses, but then oftentimes when you ask people, what are your values? People have difficulty really articulating them. So because they get sort of mixed in with other things as well. So uh, today I want to, as we talk about values is talk about the concept of values so that you can discover and identify yours and then live your life based on them, which is the most important thing. So we'll be distinguishing between a need, a value, and a belief. And then I'd like to describe the several different types of values. And then uh, we'll talk about perhaps what are some of your greatest values. Anne Rand, a lot of you may have read her books in the from the past, but she said something one time. She said, happiness is that state of consciousness which proceeds from the achievement of one's values. Now think about that, that your state, happiness is that state of consciousness that proceeds from your achieving your values. So what are values? So values are considered to be something that's very important to you in your life. And your values actually guide your behaviors and your choices. So what you value often is integrated into how you live your life. You know, interestingly, you, you might not expect this at all, but there was a quote Elvis Presley so many years ago said, values are like fingerprints. Nobody's are the same, but you leave them all over everything you do. 
Isn't that fascinating? So if we get down to defining values a little bit more, values are something you hold for yourself that deserves importance, their worth, or they're useful for you. You know, they're not frivolous. They're a part of who you are. So values, you can say, are your personal principles by which you choose to live. It's a code of behavior. So the values we hold are true for us, but they may not be important to other people. And that's, that is um, a tough one for some of us because we think if we have a value, then everybody will have the same value. And that's not so. And so we have to be clear that these are our own values and they may or may not be held by others. Some people, and we will look at some of these, say our values can be intrinsic. In other words, we came to earth with these values. They're built right into us from the get-go. Or they are acquired or chosen. So there are both kinds of values, the intrinsic and the acquired. Let's look for one at making a couple distinction. I want to make some distinctions. And now that you know that what these values can be intrinsic or we choose them, let's take a look at it a little more deeply and discern between needs, values, and beliefs. We say that needs are something that are essential for you to be at your best. Think about that, your need the need to be creative, the need to seek learning. Those are things that are essential for you to be at your best. We ha- there are tons of needs, and but and I'll happy to go through that another time. But think about that. A need is something essential. That's the key for you to be at your best. So a value then is something, it's a principle or a quality that is intrinsically desirable to you. It's valuable. You cherish it. And there are three kinds of values. We have our core values. We have chosen values and we have superficial values. So let me start, I'm going to start at the superficial ones and come come back to core. So our superficial values come from what we believe we should do or act with. Some people would, sometimes people will say, I have to do this, I ought to do this. And they come down to be much more of an obligation. Okay, so those we look at as what we call superficial values. And you may wonder if those are values at all, although they do drive people's lives. I must go see my parents on the holidays. I should. Notice the language that happens there. And those are clues that those are more obligations. Then we have those chosen values. These are the values that that are important to us. They resonate with us, and we choose to uphold them. uh, Some people call those the standards we set in life. For instance... Uh, perhaps you have chosen not to wear any animal skins. So you would wear shoes that are cotton, perhaps, you know, or you might wear wool or cotton, something like that, or even food. So these are things that you choose 
the, and we call those the standards we set. And then we have the core values, and those are usually no more than what I would say somewhere between, oh, around five, give or take a couple. And those are the values that you wouldn't be you without them. So we're looking at uh, kind of those intrinsic values. Who are you? I mean, some people have just naturally been able to draw or paint or play an instrument or be good in sports or be curious or to be a connector of people, all those things. So those are like the core values and there aren't as many of those. Those are the ones we think that people, we would say a lot of people came to earth with them. So those are the different value, values that we were looking at, superficial, chosen, and core values. And then what are beliefs? As long as we're doing that. Beliefs are something that we think are true or something that's real, but usually without proof. So oftentimes beliefs are messages we swallowed whole from authority figures when we were younger. This is part of what we do in coaching. We work with people to examine their beliefs. Are they truly their own beliefs? Or are these beliefs that they heard and they've just kind of absorbed and they haven't checked them out? I go back to Socrates who said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And so in our work with beliefs, we have we work with our clients to examine their beliefs. Are they really their beliefs? Or are they some that they've just adopted without really looking at them? And so that's so very important. Some of you have read from the business world, John Maxwell's work. And in one of his quotes, John Maxwell said, your core values are the deeply held beliefs that authentically describe your soul. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Very much so. Yeah. Now, what's interesting as we think about needs and values, there's something, how do I discern whether this is a value or a need? And there's something quite curious that happens here. Needs are most typically met from the outside in. So what I will often say to students, draw two stick figures. And in one stick figure, have an arrow that's pointing at the stick figure. And the other stick figure have the arrow pointing away from the stick figure. So needs are the ones with the arrow pointing at the stick figure. You have a need for fill in the blank. That's most typically met from the outside in. Now, values, on the other hand, and this is a, a distinguishing factor, are lived from the inside out. My values come from inside of me and go out to the world. I have a value of something. So that helps, that can help us to discern is what I'm experiencing a need or a value. So I don't know if that, I hope that clarifies a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, good. So one of the things I also like to share with all of you and this comes from Thomas Leonard, who was the founder of coaching here in the United States. If you build a, uh, just create, draw a triangle with the base at you and the little point away from you, 
and with two horizontal lines divided into three segments. Okay, the bottom segment, which is the larger portion, label that values. The middle section label needs, and the little triangle at the top label it wants. So what Thomas was telling us here is if you live your life based on your values, your needs aren't as large, they get smaller. And your wants get smaller yet. It doesn't mean you don't have desires, but they're not driving you because your life is based on your values. So I hope that kind of describes, by the way, he called that the VNW triangle. And he said it was a model of a fulfilled life. Wow. So isn't, isn't that stunning? Yes. I remember you teaching that in class and I am actually looking at it right now. I would love to be able to include that somehow as a visual for our audience, possibly, but it is very powerful. I can send you a slide of it. Oh, if that'd, you be, want. Yeah. that'd be super. Yeah. There's another quote about values too, for people to think about. And one of our favorite authors of quotes that I used is anonymous. So this is one of those anonymous. I just love that person. Yeah, I know. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> and um, anonymous said, values reflect what is important to the way you live and work. What is important to the way you live and work? Hmm. So when you think about these values, as you look at your current week, and we're coming into a new year, lots of things happening. And as we often examine our lives, then think about where are you automatically using your values? Where are they showing up? And what, what could you do each day to live out your values more fully? Where do you kind of pull back? Where are the instances where you tend not to step into your values? Like perhaps you have a value of you want justice or peacefulness in the world. And so you hear someone telling an off-color joke and you're afraid to step up. Is that fully living out your values? Yeah. Where do I tend to hold back? And what can I do when those situations arise? that allow me to fully live out of my values. You might also want to think, you know, we think values are such a wonderful thing and they are, don't get me wrong. But when I live out my values, what is the cost of that? Because sometimes there is a cost to living out our values. And I think in one of the classes that I taught a while ago, I gave this example. I was teaching surgical technology at one point. And one of my students was giving this example of how he wanted to work in the operating room. I had been an operating room nurse for a number of years. And so I was teaching them how to, to do that work. And he told this fascinating story. He wanted so much to work in the operating room. It was something that intrigued him. And so he was working there. And in the operating room, uh, he was working uh, where they did the heart catheterizations, which is a diagnostic and a treatment thing. And those are disposable. And so once you open the sterile packet, you are to throw it out, throw everything out. 
he was being told to take those catheters and to flush them and repackage them. He got very upset. All he could think of is, what if that was my father, someone I loved on the operating room table, and somehow or other something happened with this re-sterilized? And so he reported it to the powers that be, and he was fired. So sometimes standing on our values, standing on what is right, does have consequences, not always so glowing, but are you willing to stand in your truth and for what you believe, the values you stand on? And then there are other things. I've had an instance where I was hired by a firm to do some coaching, and I stress confidentiality. And you might know about three weeks in, the owner of the company asked, called to ask me to report on one of the people. And I reiterated about confidentiality. And I said, if you want to find out, talk directly to the client, or you can have a meeting with all of us. And the, then it will, the client and whatnot, client and myself, or however we want to set it up. So he was a bit annoyed. But then they called and hired me for more clients. And what the head of HR said, the reason we're doing this is because you stood up to the president. So standing up for your values, what's important in this case, confidentiality, was actually a positive. Our audience comes to us about narcissism, you know, finding okay. information about narcissism and uh -huh. uh, red flags. You know, our, our oh, yeah. podcast is called Here's Your Red Flag. So what would be interesting if you could bridge what you were just talking about, the cost of implementing your values in the case of somebody that is in a toxic relationship. Mm. And we find, you know, Lisa and I are both survivors, prevailers out of toxic relationships from our past. And we have found that once we get in touch with our values, that gives us that foundation. But so mm -hmm. many people don't have that. And we didn't mm -hmm. have that previously. And so we were better able to be trampled over by, you know, right. toxic people. So that's why we really wanted to have you help people even just what are values, you know, what are my values? And what is the cost I love? I love that that you're talking about the cost of that. What is the cost to me, if I stand up for my values in this relationship with this, this person that's my partner, you know, that I rely on or that sort of thing? You know. you know, this is touching on some of the work I used to do with abused women for years <clears throat> as a therapist. And what we often worked on is, number one, have a plan <clears throat> that takes care of you. And I used to work with people of how do you create a safety plan? <clears throat> it's not okay to be physically abused, mentally abused, verbally abused, spiritually abused. It is just flat out not okay. and. What I have found with a lot of women is that, well, maybe what I said, you know, is what triggered all of this. Well, you said what you said, but the other person chose the behavior. And we have to stop taking on, well, I said this and, and created it. No, you didn't create it. So number one is whatever you said or did did not cause the, the mistreatment, whatever that was, the abuse, the mistreatment. That other person chose how to behave out of all the behaviors available. They, they chose that. And I don't know how to get that across to women 
so clearly, but it's just not okay. And so when you get that, it's, it, I think that's a great value for you as women that have gone through abuse to say, it is just not okay to be treated this way, plain and simple. I it's think not that, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I think I didn't know it was not okay until right. I worked out what my values were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay to be hurt. Mm -hmm. either physically sexually spiritually verbally mm -hmm. any of those kinds of things it's not okay for someone to hurt you mm -hmm. plain and simple i grew up in a very dysfunctional family so just to share with a lot of you and and that dysfunctional my parents are both gone now and so i've gone through my own thing about forgiveness there but i uh, do not have a, a relationship with my siblings because mm -hmm. it's toxic why would I go sit in a vat of hydrochloric acid and let it eat away at me? That's how I kind of start thinking about it. Some people may disagree with me on that strategy. But when I was getting together with family members, it was eating me alive. And I go, it's got to stop. Mm -hmm. And I will not allow it to happen anymore. My job now as a wife, as a mother, is to create a different environment for my children so that they, it's the changes we make, by the way, and I know I just skipped finishing that sentence. It's the changes we make that can change the future for our children. And I hate to put it to you that way, but the longer you stay in an abusive relationship, the longer the abuse trickles down to the next generation. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And what you just described, I think, would be one of your values, which is, it is inner peace. Yes. Right? Yes. One of my values is it's not okay to hurt someone else. Mm -hmm. That was a value I taught my children, you know, when they would get into scuffle, you have five minutes to figure out how to do this in a peaceful way, or what are the consequences of your behavior? I think that's another, that's a word I like to think about too. What are the consequences if I stay, if I continue, if I allow this to continue? What are the consequences? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people forget, you can start teaching consequences to a toddler. Yeah. You know, if you go out in the rain without your umbrella, what's going to happen? You know, it's very simple. It's not punishing at all. It's just teaching life lessons. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a value too mm -hmm. of that. What are the consequences of if I continue to do the same thing here? Or what do I want to change so that my life has more fill in the blank? What more do you want in your life? Mm. I mean, you know, there's a rhythm to abuse. And maybe a lot, of, maybe you've talked about this before, but there is this rhythm of, you can sense when the tension is building, 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 and then the abuse happens. And then there's a big <sighs> sigh and it goes away. But then what happens? It starts coming back. You can feel the tension. When's it going to happen? When's the next shoe going to fall? And, you, and you're on this roller coaster of existence. Yes. Rather than, is there some sense of normalcy, I put that in quotes, but of peace, of, of something that I can trust to be, be supportive of me. Right. And so those are all values you're building here. If you think about what are the values 
and, and so we're talking about really these values that you're going to choose. We're talking mostly about chosen values, aren't we? Yes. Mm -hmm. What are the values I'm going to choose for myself? Maybe I grew up in an incredibly dysfunctional family. What did I learn from that? What didn't I like about that that I want to change now? I grew up in a family where my parents fought. I can remember as a five-year-old stepping in between them having knives out. Wow. Okay. So, no, that's not okay. I will not allow that to happen. That is not how a human beings interact. So what values do you want to choose? And it's I not know. too late to choose values, is it? No, never. Mm -hmm. Never. No. What, what gives you peace? What gives you comfort? What gives you flexibility? What gives you a belief in humanity or in the world? Because a lot of us that grew up in these dysfunctional places lost trust in the future, lost trust in the world, lost trust in people for good reason. Mm -hmm. And the saddest part is I often talk about let your light shine. And a lot of us, because of the dysfunctions we lived in, our light couldn't shine. We had to hide our light for good reason. You know, a lot of people, when they went to Sunday school, they learned that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the verses says, don't hide your light under a bushel. No, I'm not. But we had to. But remember, the bushel, if you ever looked at a bushel basket, it has lots of holes in it where the ribs come down. That lets the oxygen in. So you're, it, it's never died. Okay, but what what we're being called to now is to give more oxygen to our light so our light can get stronger. Mm -hmm. And therefore, our little lights do shine. And that can be something that we work on over the next year. How can I let my light shine? Mm -hmm. How can I start to take the bushel off? It's safe enough to do that or I have support enough so that I can step into my wholeness of who I am. Mm -hmm. What part of me do I want to have it flourish? Mm, I love that question. Yeah. What would you say is the first step someone would take if they're listening and, and really don't know what their values are or can't articulate that? What would be the first or right, is there an exercise question, we could do? Well, a question that I use all the time when I'm helping to elicit values from clients is say, what is important in your life? Just a very simple question. What is important in your life? Now, some people might say, what, peace? What's important in your life? Let, let's just throw out a couple words for, for your listeners, too. What, what's important in your life? Some people have said spirituality. Some people have said peace. Some people have said, oh, I'm a learner. I love to learn. Some people have said creativity. What what are some things that you can think of that, that people might say that's important in their lives? Family. Family, yes. Yeah. Now here, I would take, thank you for saying that because I would take that one step further now. So family is a big word. And what does mm -hmm. that mean? Mm -hmm. And is that your biological family, your family of origin or the family you've created? So there's all kinds of stuff in there. So break it down. That's what we call a chunk term. So instead, 
what are the characteristics of family that I like? It's a place of love. It's a place where people listen. It's a place we have fun. I don't know. Everybody's characteristics of family that they want to continue. So you break these big chunk terms down into their characteristics. What are the characteristics of family? Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of, what to comes me. to mind for me is harmony in my yeah. family. There you go. And listen, I, I strive so hard to, well, I strive to have that in my, my family with my husband and my children. Right. is is peace and harmony there you go yeah peace and harmony for you is big mm -hmm. yeah absolutely one thing that i value family too you know after we finish up today i'm going to really think about what are the aspects of that that i really value and but something that came to mind for me is hard work mm -hmm. but once you said that you know about drilling down I was kind of thinking like, what is it about hard work? And it's not actually the work that I enjoy as much as I need to feel financially secure. Ah, and, okay. and I'm the only one, you know, contributing. So, right. so that, that might be a value for you, financial security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because what is hard work? What does exactly. that mean? Yeah. You know, that yeah. can get us into a pact of trouble. Does it mean you work 24-7? Right. Yeah. But another, what's interesting too, is you were, you asked a question like thinking, you know, we're in a new year and think about this upcoming week and I'm looking and between work, really it's a lot of work things, but work and I'm in a graduate program. So that takes up a lot of time too, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but personal fitness is important to me. So I try to mm -hmm. fit that in. But another compete, I think it's a competing value that rest is so important to me. Mm -hmm. So how do I balance my values if I need financial security? You know, it's a value too, but I need it. Harmony with a family, you know, and then rest in there too, because I don't have a single opportunity this upcoming week to rest. Other you know, than you sleep. bring up. You, you bring up such an important aspect. Uh, just to give you, uh, my grand, my oldest granddaughter is a, a collegiate swimmer, okay, right now. And she's just coming back from two weeks training out in California where they took the whole team out there. She's in New Jersey and they brought her out. One of the big things they're stressing is you work hard, but you've got to rest. Rest is where you recover so that you can keep going. So it is as important as the work that you do, as the practices that we do, as the working out that you do. But equally important is the rest to rejuvenate. So I, I use this image sometimes, and women are notorious for this. And it's a take on a biblical little story of the oil lamp and we have an oil lamp that's full of oil. And as women, we start to share our oil to calm troubled waters, right? So that everything is nice and smooth and whatnot. We keep pouring our oil over troubled waters. And we just keep pouring it so that life stays as calm as it can. 
and uh, and a lot of us know this from our abusive histories too how hard we tried to make it peaceful and calm and in harmony too right we keep but who's refilling the oil lamp and so the oil keeps running out and then it starts to drip and drip and drip and then there's hardly any and how who do we become then how do we start to behave think back to when you've used your oil now you're on the verge of burnout number one you get resentful why don't they appreciate what i'm doing you get angry your sense of humor disappears you've just read my book <laughs> my life story yes yeah yes exactly you're yeah. reading my notes <laughs> there you go so here's what i would like to change that around a little bit for us women is to have your oil lamp always filled to overflowing that means we have to keep putting into the oil lamp because then we can give out of our overflow mm -hmm. then you don't resent it then it's a gift then you don't miss it that's mm -hmm. what I call true altruism. When we give out of our overflow, we don't have to have anyone say thank you to us. We don't have to have recognition mm -hmm. because we're, we are filled to overflowing. So the whole thing about rest is you use pouring out of your oil lamp, you're dripping instead of pouring freely. You're not pouring out of your overflow. So how are you going to give yourself that rest? What do you need to take off of your plate? The world will not fall apart if you don't clean your house for a day or whatever, however right. you do it. What can you take off of your plate so that each day you are getting some kind of self-designed rest, even if that means taking a half an hour nap or reading a junky book? Or watching a goofy TV show. Right. I think that's the key, right? Is self-designed. Make If it's a value, then we have to do it on purpose. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So how are you going to give that value to yourself so that you are actually giving out of your overflow? Then you're more cheerful. You're more loving. Mm -hmm. You like yourself better. Love that. Yeah. So I know it's tough. We go, oh, how can I fit another thing in? Well, usually you got to drop something out mm -hmm. to put something else in. Right. Otherwise, what happens? Our body remembers what we're doing with it and we'll get sick. Yeah. Or have you noticed how you start having more accidents? Yes. You know, mm -hmm. like I know one of my signs is when I'm pushing too hard is I start banging into things like the corner of tables, like on my hip. <laughs> Yes. I'm cutting, I'm, quote, cutting corners. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a clear sign for me. Whoa, wait a minute. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So pay attention to what your body is telling you. It, it's enormous. Mm -hmm. Very important. I would think somebody that is in an abusive relationship, a toxic relationship, and they're not in touch with what their core values are. And mm -hmm. not just what they need, but so I'm going to say not in touch with what their values are, would be cutting a lot of corners, would be right. having their oil leaking out. And, mm -hmm. you know, so what I would think somebody who might be listening 
who might be in that situation, where do they start with that? And they've been giving so much of themselves, been exploited so much by this person. They don't even maybe have that identity in their values. So that's right. That's yeah. right. How do you, the first thing is safety. Mm-hmm. How do you create for yourself safety? Because I don't want you to do something that gets you beat on mm-hmm. again or abused in some way. So where's one little place? And I hate to say this, but sometimes you have to be kind of sneaky. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've worked with women who obviously didn't have any money. And how could they start taking a little bit of money that wouldn't be noticed and start putting little bits aside so that they had something. I had one woman, she got a satchel and in her satchel, she started putting a couple changes of clothing in for herself and her children and putting it in the trunk of the car or hiding it. So if they had to go, I mean, what are the little things you can start to do? You might have to plan ahead, depending on the level of abuse. Where are the safe centers in your town or community that if you have to create safety for yourself or your children, that you you know where those centers are or you can have someone take you there? Yeah, I would say safety is is a priority and it, it's, a, it's a need and a value. It is. That has to be a, a priority and, and it won't always stay that Hi, I mean, still my personal safety is a priority for me, but sure. certainly when I was trying to get out, it had a, a different uh, level a, of relevance. Has a different feel to it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you start to create safety becomes part intrinsic to your life, mm-hmm. you know, that you wouldn't do something. I mean, and think even, think about this sometime. It might be an exercise for you ladies to do. Because I think a lot of us that have been in abusive relationships or grew up in abusive relationships are very high into in our intuition and we don't honor it. So sometimes when you just go into a store or into a building, do a check. What does this atmosphere feel like to you? Is it safe? I'll never forget, I was in a lovely, lovely little town that has all these cute little shops and everything. And I was attracted to, you know, crystals and candles and all that kind of stuff. And it was that kind of shop. And I walked in and I was there for about three minutes. I said, I have to get out of here. There's something wrong. I was reading my body. I mean, I was getting starting to get dizzy. There was just something off. So pay attention to that kind of thing in yourself. When it feels not right, when something is, quote, off, get out of there. What can you do to take care of you? And that, that can take a you know time and practice because, mm-hmm. you know, years of being raised in the, that situation or married in that situation, you learn to just squash those red flags more them and so it takes practice learning to trust our own intuition again that's right and you use the term Mm -hmm. red flags maybe in the beginning it won't look like a red flag to you Mm -hmm. but if it's any color of pink start paying attention (laughs) you know yes right right any color besides green yeah there you go that's a good one yeah (laughs) 
if we look at green as go yeah uh-huh yes right yeah, exactly so well, yeah go ahead how would you help someone identify their top values just what i said the way i do it is as a coach is i will ask people what's important to you in your life okay and I and what else is important to your life? And I just keep going till we get a minimum of eight things that are important in your life. And you may say, oh, I don't have eight. Oh, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. there, there are at least eight things. Okay. Sometimes I've had lists of 20. And then I do a little exercise. And this could be fun. What is most important on that list to you right now? How do you prioritize what's most important in that list of values? And so if you'd like, I'll just give you that quick little exercise that you can do by yourself mm -hmm. or with a coach or with a friend. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say to, so make a list of all those things that are most important to you in your life, right? Safety, harmony, peace, spirituality, education, community. I'm just thinking of some things other people have said. Put, but make it your own. Just keep asking those questions. And then I'll say, all right, so now we're going to prioritize what's most important to you right now at this point in your life. And this prioritization will change over your lifetime. And I'll say, so we're going to imagine that we're going on a scenic train trip, a scenic train trip. And so you get ready for this train trip and you can choose where you're going to go. Use your imagination, a train trip you'd love to take. And you arrive at the station and you have two suitcases and the person in charge at the train says, oh, I'm sorry, you can only take one of those suitcases on your trip, but I will keep the other one in this safe room. It's all locked. You will retrieve it when you get back. So you're not going to lose anything. So I am going to name your two suitcases to start and you'll see how it develops. I'm going to label these two and just tell me which one you want to take on this trip without giving it a lot of thought. This is just saying, ah, oh, this trip, I wanna take this one. So I'll label, what, are, what were the first two things? Maybe the person said, what, peace and safety. Well, which one do you wanna take on this trip, okay? And so you compare suitcase value one and value two. Then you compare value one and value, value three, okay? So value three, what, what do you want to say it was? Harmony. So do you want, the first one was safety. Safety or harmony on this trip? Which one do you want to take? And so you keep comparing like one and two, one and three, one and four, one and five, go down through the list. Then go back and compare number two value that you labeled with number three, number two with, it's very easy to do, but then the ones you labeled the most becomes your number one priority. That's all. That's the one that stands out. So you end up with, say you had 10 values, you will have prioritized one through 10, which is most important. And then you can ask yourself, so how is this value that's number one showing up in my life? Where would I like to see it show up some more? And you just do that. And like I said, that will change. The stronger you get, the more you take care of yourselves and what's important to you, that list of that prioritization will change. And lo and behold, you might find you had a value for creativity that was at the bottom of the list that's now moving up. 
So that's one way to do it. And when I use it, the uh, people love it because it's fun. It's playful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so powerful too. Very freeing. Yes, it is. It is. And it also relies on your own inner wisdom. Notice you're relying on, oh, do I, do I take suitcase one or two? Oh, I'm going to take one. Uh, uh, am I going to take suitcase one or three? Oh, I'll take one. You know, you start to see, you start to answer these things almost automatically using your gut. That's your intuition. And that's the beauty. You're learning now in this exercise to also know what your intuition is saying, which is a, is a kind of fun and sneaky way to learn about your intuition, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, listen to this, another anonymous quote here. It says, maturity is learning to walk away from people and situations that threaten your peace of mind self-respect, values, morals, or self-worth. Wow. Isn't that stunning? Oh, mm -hmm. So That's powerful. Mm -hmm. And so what you're working on when you work on your values is you're allowing yourself to grow. That's what maturity is. It's a piece of growth. Mm -hmm. And I think when we allow ourselves to be in abusive dysfunctional relationships we're holding back our own growth and development we are excuse my word you might not like it but we are retarding our own growth and development mm -hmm. so that when we can allow ourselves to walk away from people and situations that threaten our peace of mind self-respect values morals or self-worth we are growing and learning and that's what this is all about. You know, uh, having been a student of developmental psychology, prior to about 30 years ago, most of the theories of development ended around age 18 or 20, like you were done, right? Well, now we know that as adults, we continue to grow and develop across the whole lifespan. So you're not done at 20. You're just getting started. So no matter how old you are, if you're listening in here, there's plenty of time for growth and development. And as scary as it can be at times, only allow yourself to be around people that support you. Now, that's another one. When we talked about what are some of the top values, how about safety is one we talked about. How about only allowing myself to be in the company of people that support me? Mm. One of the exercises that sometimes I use with students is ask friends or people, your colleagues, what are the characteristics that you have that other people appreciate in you? What I forgot to say to one class was, but only ask that of people that are supportive of you. And bless her heart, one woman asked, and it was her brother-in-law that was nasty he did not support her at all and she came away absolutely very very upset we do not have to ask those kinds of questions of, of people that don't like us that people that don't support us people that are mean to us do not ask them because they don't know they have a problem they have their own mental problem it's like feeding pearls to swine 
right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, something that that's kind of touching on, which could be a whole nother rabbit hole, but it's important to identify our values and our, you know, our needs, our wants, our goals, but that only takes us so far. Mm -hmm. We've got to understand our own worth mm -hmm. and, and identify that for ourselves and think, yes, I, I want to be safe and mm -hmm. I don't want to be in an abusive relationship not and yes that's wrong to be abused or mistreated is wrong right but i also deserve more yeah so how do you yeah. get to that point that's the question isn't it how do you get to be able to add that next part and mm -hmm. i deserve better mm -hmm. or more i deserve it the fact is the fact that you are alive you are absolutely deserve better mm-hmm we are not put on the planet to be somebody's punching bag. Exactly. So when I have a hard time like answering questions like that, like how do you figure out or how do you learn that you're valuable? I would just ask what person who deserves that, right? Mm -hmm. Who does That's deserve it. that kind of treatment? The answer is no one. That's um, right. No one. Mm -hmm. I was, there's a wonderful quote that, oh gosh, I wish I had a couple minutes i would look to find it for everybody but it comes from marianne oh i'm losing <laughs> it at the moment and it's just so powerful I, I would love to have it to share with everybody because it's about you deserve you know you deserve to have a good life no one deserves there on the planet no one deserves to be hurt no one deserves to be beat on no one deserves to be put down. That, that is just flat out my old expression. That is not okay. There is no law written. What do we learn when we, when we study uh, about positive psychology is that the main positive emotion that is most powerful is love. Right there it is. Nowhere in the list of positive emotions is there one about you get beat on. And when I, when I say beat on, I mean that in a lot of different situations. Right. In that love starts, starts with the self, right? It's just accepting who we are, imperfections and all, mm -hmm. showing ourselves grace, surrounding ourselves with supportive people, mm -hmm. building a life around values. But yeah, that self, you know, that figuring out your worth, that's for me personally, that's taking the longest to get to that you're worthwhile yes mm -hmm. everyone is worthwhile mm -hmm. when you see a newborn do you look at them and say they're not worthwhile no no yeah so yeah. some of us unfortunately have had those awful situations where we were not looked at and said you know you're a child of how whatever you want to say a child of god a child of the universe a child of everything that's wonderful Mm -hmm. You deserve to have a wonderful life. It doesn't mean we don't have challenges in life. It doesn't mean life is all hunky-dory. Every day is a picnic. No, heck no. Right. But we will have our lessons that come through life. And, you know, that's the other thing. If you've been in an abusive relationship, what would happen if you looked at it and said, and I know this may shock some people, what is the has been the blessing? 
B-L-E-S-S-O-N, of this experience. Now, that's a combination of two words. What's been the blessing or gift that I've gotten? And what did I learn? Mm. Where has my growth been? And you can, one of the places to start with that is what have I learned about myself? I'm going to tell all of you right now, one thing is you all persevered. You're here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's huge. Yeah. You know, I worked with traumatized women for many years as a therapist. And I worked with a population that was very fascinating. I worked with women that had multiple personality disorders oh, wow. and PTSD. Okay. And when they found out, because they would have to tell me about their other personalities and they didn't want to because they felt shame, like something was wrong. I said, when people are beating on you and you learn to escape the pain in your head, what were your other options? Because they formed other personalities then to handle the pain, right? And they would look at me and I get, and they go, well, I guess I could have gone crazy. I said, yes, you could have. Going crazy is, is one possibility. What's another? I guess I could have died. I said, yes, you could have died from the abuse you took. And a lot of people have, a lot of kids have. So I said, you tell me. What is the more functional thing to develop another personality or to be able to escape the pain, that, to, to separate myself from the pain or to go crazy or die? And all of a sudden they would look at me and they go, oh, so to dissociate, which is what they were doing. It's a term that we use. They separate the self from the event and another piece of the self experiences the event. They said, that's the best option. I said, yeah, but the problem is it doesn't function very well for you as an adult. Mm -hmm. So now you're learning new ways of functioning. That's but so powerful. It, isn't it though? I said, but what you did as a kid kept you alive and allowed you to survive. So I said, notice you wanted to grow and learn. All of you ladies have wanted to grow or learn or you still wouldn't be here. And you wanted to move from being a survivor. So first you start out, you're the victim. I've been beaten on. Then you're the survivor. And a lot of people think that's enough. It's a start. It's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But it's only two pieces of the journey. The next piece is how are you going to thrive? Now, that's the piece a lot of you are working on. Mm -hmm. How can I thrive? You want to move from being a survivor to a thriver. Love that. Yeah. And what a value. Isn't that a value to thrive? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? My value is to thrive and to have the best life possible. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then through that lens, look at, look at the calendar. Are these things helping me have the best life possible? Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. can I, what can I shave off? Right. What do I need to look at in my life? Where are the places in my life where I feel uh, uncomfortable? Whoops, mm -hmm. take a look at that one. Examine that. Contemplate it. What's working? What isn't working? That's a good question. What works here? What doesn't work? I've been making notes of, of all your questions. I don't know why I feel compelled to take notes. It's like this is recorded. I, know. I can go I back know. and listen. 
but it's just so helpful for my brain. But I'm just noticing all of the what questions. Absolutely. You know, I just, I know Tony's helped me with that so much. Yeah. Ask, you know, and maybe that's another thing. If you're learning to, to grow, ask yourself the what or how questions. What is important about this for me? What is meaningful here? What's important about this to me? What questions get you to examine more deeply versus yes or no questions? Now, yes or no questions are fine, but the what questions open up the exploration. Therefore, you're examining it more deeply Mm -hmm. and you're coming from within your core. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. All of this is just making my brain zingy and my heart's full and yeah it just reaches into my soul for like truly truly what can you say to people who are maybe of the younger generation who are getting into dating and maybe have had some mishaps with relationships come across toxic people and you know, they're finding, okay, I'm seeing a pattern here. And, you know, that's another group of people I want to speak values to. And, you know, so what would you Mm -hmm. say to those people who are trying to avoid getting into toxic relationships, the importance of developing your sense of your values? Okay. Well, part of your values and the other is what's most important to me in my life. In other words, and you can make a list of things that you will not tolerate in a relationship. I will not allow Mm-hmm. someone to verbally abuse me that that's a no-no that's a that's a no-go or physically or whatnot it, it was interesting i'm trying to think of the the oh the great poet tony anyway this was a story that was told by oprah and the great poet and she just died a couple years ago maya angelou maya angelou yes mm-hmm. thank you about maya angelou and maya angelou was in a relationship with some guy she wasn't married to them But she was in New York and she was going to this big dinner to accept an award. And she went and she got dressed and she walks out and he says, well, you could have done better with your dress or something like that. She didn't say anything. They went to the dinner. She came back and she said, no one puts me down like that. Get out. Mm. So you need to start making up what are what are the things that make this relationship a no-go? And it does not have to be what anybody else does. Mm -hmm. So what is a no-go? Pay attention to your gut. You know, I've talked to so many women that have said, you know, I knew walking down the aisle, it wasn't going to last. Well, what were you aware of? Well, my gut was telling me. So oftentimes we override our intuition, our gut. That's one thing. Pay attention. What pink flag, uh, pink flags instead of red flags, what mm-hmm. pink flags are waving? Mm-hmm. Okay. And some, I've often heard this from women. Maybe I'm too particular. Maybe my list is too particular and no one can meet it. Oh, I doubt that. Make your list as particular. How do you want to be treated by this person? By any person? You know, I think going back to the pink flags, I could, you know, talk a long time about all the the pink flags and even red flags that I waved back at, you know, and Mm -hmm. ignored them. I I think it's important to honor 
our gut feeling and those red flags, even if we can't put a name to it, even if we can't quite define it or be specific in what it is, it's worth a long pause at the very least. And Mm -hmm. even if you can't name it, and I think that's, that's the pitfall. Is that the right word? Yeah. That's the trap that I was in was, well, if I couldn't name it, then my Ah. feeling didn't have, my feelings weren't telling me the truth. And so my feelings were telling you the truth. You just didn't have a name for it. That's right. 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 But I grew up hearing that my feelings were inaccurate or invalid. And so I, I just learned to push them aside. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm learning to do now is even if I can't name it, just know this doesn't feel good. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to proceed. And then I just trust that I'll, I'll have the insight later. And it's never been wrong, ever. That's right. That's, you know? that's absolutely right. That's learning to follow your intuition and your intuition. You know, people say, oh, your intuition isn't 100% accurate. No, but I would say probably 99% accurate. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, it's never wrong. Yes, if I follow what my gut is telling me, what my intuition is telling me, nine times out of 10 or more, 9.5 times out of 10, it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My the problem usually is is that I tend to override what my gut's telling me, what my intuition is saying, and that's when I end up in trouble. Mm-hmm. Then I go, I knew this. Yep. I didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's good stuff. Mm. Is there anything that you could say about how? how our values help shape our goals is that your values are are usually are your goals so Mm -hmm. values think about this your values are what you build your life on think about that triangle that i said the uh, vnw the values needs wants triangle that i said if your life is based on your values then your needs get a bit smaller and your wants get smaller yet So your values are kind of the baseline, kind of the foundation Mm -hmm. of your life. So what, what is so important to me that I, your values to have those is what makes my life important. What are the values? What do I want to keep working on so that that it undergirds my whole life? And one, one value you may have is very simple. I refuse to allow myself to get hurt. Think about what if what if that became a value? Mm-hmm. What would change in your life if you said, I refuse to be abused or hurt? I don't know the words that, that your ladies like the most. Do they use abused or hurt? Or what, what are the words that... Mm, I think we've Or been maybe thinking- I'm missing some. Hmm? No, I think those are accurate. We've kind of been leading toward maybe a broader word of just toxic relationships is kind of the new buzzword out there. But relationships what? Primarily with spouses or a partner could also be families of origin. Yeah. And, you know, some coworker situations, employment Mm -hmm. situations as well, committees, things like that. Mm -hmm. I've had some abusive situations in committees, Mm -hmm. 
you know, that type of thing where the leader was quite toxic and, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of us had to fall in line and shut our mouths to go along to get along. She and was abusive. She was abusive. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of people maybe find themselves in employment situations where they may maybe have a toxic boss or toxic coworker that they just maybe are not enough in touch with, as you've been talking about, not allowing themselves to be mistreated and right. finding that footing, finding from that footing you know, their voice. And, and corporate environments or business environments, they usually have some sort of policy on how to report. Mm. And so you, that might be something for people in the corporate or the business environment to say, what are the rules in our company about this kind of behavior? And what do I follow? What's the chain of communication to follow to report this? I had a client who was working in an organization as a coach, and her client was reporting harassment and abuse by a boss. And it came out in her coaching meeting. And my client, who was the coach, said to her, we need to figure out how you're going to report it over the next couple sessions. Because if you don't can't figure it out, I need to report it. So notice what was there, that the person that was being uh, harassed or abused had someone there to support them and said, I will have to report this if you don't. And, but they worked together and she went and reported it. The client herself reported it. And by the way, that boss got fired. You know, so what, how, how can you go about taking those kinds of, because that's not allowed anymore. Right, right. Yeah, it's tougher when you're in groups that are more informal, say you're, you know, in a church planning committee or a PTA type committee where there's not necessarily a governing body over you and important to find, as I said before, your footing. And I think that comes from that value of I will not be mistreated. And it may, right. it may look like I have to step away from this committee. That's right. I, That's right. I I can't be in this toxic situation. You know, it's funny you should you should say that. Um, I had a student just last two weeks ago who was speaking out in one of the committees at church and saying how uh, people were experiencing the board, the director. Okay, and this person was saying, "I'm very sad about this because there's a lot of good information that could come up from other people, but." because everything gets squelched and people are put down people are not refusing it luckily one of the people there said i want to support what so-and-so just said and if this doesn't change in the next couple of weeks i am leaving mm. and she stepped up and i mean it's just so funny that you bring that situation up yeah you always have your own legs to leave mm-hmm and it's too bad. You may say, oh, well, then they're not, then this organization's not going to advance. I got news for you. They're not advancing with toxicity in it. Right. Right. Good point. That's a great point. And maybe, maybe people have to all, yeah, people just all have to not be there. And then you see what was really going on. Maybe you have to tear, maybe the structure needs to get torn down so mm -hmm. it can get rebuilt. Mm-hmm. 
instead of trying to give it artificial oxygen <laughs> to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to your earlier question is, you know, what is the cost of living out your values? But in that situation, what is the cost to you to not live out your values? Uh, you're yeah. suffering. Right. It's that acid that you talked about. You're just sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And it's eating away at you. I mean, you know, that that's so dreadful. Yeah. I go to this meeting feeling torn down. Wait a minute. What's going on here? You know? And, and you don't need to get torn down. People, it, you know, so many of us want to be of service to our civic organization, to our church organization, mm-hmm. and whatnot. That means- I think our connection is bad. Well, I think you were saying, you know, so many of us want to help in civic organizations or church groups. I think that's where we got cut off. Yeah. And and does everyone want to work together? Mm -hmm. Or is the leader, and I'm I'm choosing leader or board members, are they there as a, is it for their power? Mm -hmm. Or is it there to really learn and understand what's going on? So that we can create a better atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And if it's all about power, why would you stay there? Well, I think I would answer yeah. that, that we would stay because we really want the Vacation Bible School event to go to happen. Or we really want the, the church retreat to be a success. So we really want the school carnival to be wonderful. You know, we really want that not for ourselves, but for those that we're serving and so we stay to help keep things patched enough so that the event happens, but maybe we don't need to, and maybe the event still happens without us, and we're disappointed that we don't have involvement in it, but, you know, it can be, if you stay in it and you're still abused and the event happens, then it's still under a black cloud. That's and, right. That's and right. you've been abused and you've suffered that whole time so yeah i mean i see both sides i see why we stay i've done it Mm. oh yeah well i had a similar experience at a church we were in many many years ago and it was uh, it was actually a church social the ice cream social for the year where all the families came and the kids and all this kind of stuff and after a while it was difficult getting people to work on it the energy wasn't there the people that well we always did it this way you know, that old thing, we yeah. always do it this way. And and there was no growth happening. And finally, what we all, we just let it die. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're not going to have it this year. Mm-hmm. We didn't have it for a couple of years because then it gives it a chance to get, do people really want it? And how do you want it to be going mm-hmm. forward? Mm-hmm. So it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. We've been addressing narcissism and narcissistic personalities like to take those leadership roles for Mm -hmm. fulfilling their grandiosity needs Mm -hmm. and so forth. Yeah. So it's important to identify those people as such so that you're aware of those vibes they put out. And Mm -hmm. if you find yourself in a situation like that, if there is a way to have those people moved out, great. And if not, because you have a foundation of values of, I want joy and happiness and peace and Mm -hmm. harmony in my life. 
this is not a healthy place for me to be. And if I can find a way to band together and make changes for the betterment of the working situation, the committee, whatever, that will be beneficial. You know, again, our podcast is Here's Your Red Flag. And Mm -hmm. um, I think you can't identify red flags if you don't come from a place of knowing intrinsically what you value and what what your boundaries are and red lines are. Well, and the thing to remember too, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, from from a psychological point of view, if you were to look at whatever the latest diagnostic manual is, Narcissism is categorized as a personality disorder, mm-hmm. which means it is not curable. Mm-hmm. And the people that are narcissists do not want to change. The rest of the world is wrong. They are perfect. And narcissists looked in the lake or the pond or whatever and saw himself as just fabulous, right? Mm-hmm. And that there was no one better. And so they have absolutely no sense of of the needs of other people. It's not there it, and it cannot be taught. Mm. So the best you can do is how do I manage it if these people are in mm-hmm. my life? Mm-hmm. But what as therapists and as coaches, what we say from a coaching perspective is if possible, don't take on a narcissist as a client because they're not gonna do well. Mm-hmm. From a therapy point of view, We usually work with the partner of a narcissist to manage it because you're not going to change the narcissist. Mm -hmm. And so it's about taking care of you. And if you're in that organization, what can you do? Why would you, if that narcissist is the CEO of your company, how long are you going to let yourself be there? Mm -hmm. Because they're not going to change. And I mean, I hate to say that and be so blunt about it because we like to think that everyone can change, but they have to want to change. And that is the difficulty with a narcissist. They do not want to change. They want you to change mm-hmm. to meet whatever grandiosity they have. Yes. Yes, I agree. Yeah. We agree. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's tough to take a stand, isn't it? To say, wait, this isn't working and I'm choosing not to remain here. Notice how you can say that and not say, because you're a jerk, uh, I'm choosing not to be here because you're a narcissist, but this is not working for me, and I'm choosing, There, there's the ownership. It's not working for me, and therefore I choose not to remain. Mm-hmm. And I think because you have that foundation in your values, you have that ability to make that choice. Right. And you may have to write it down, write it on your hand, the palm of your hand or something and start practicing it, you know, because I know it's tough. You've been used to saying yes all the time Mm -hmm. or putting up with and to say, well, this is not working for me may be the biggest statement you've ever made in your life. Mm -hmm. And so you may need prompts to get started. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is not working for me. Six words, I think. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, is there anything else that you would like to communicate to our audience? I would love to hear their questions and even come back. Lost connection again. I keep moving things. I'm frozen. (gasps) Now you're back. Yeah, you're frozen too. You would love audience questions. I would. Okay, we'll try to work on that. Yeah, definitely. definitely If you have questions for Lynn, 
our email address is here's your red flag at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you and any, any questions that you have for Lynn, she would love to answer those questions and come back and address mm-hmm. your particular questions. That would be awesome. I'd also, at some point, if someone's interested to work on, how do you know what your purpose is? And your mm. purpose is not your doing. It's not, it's about who you are intrinsically. So that might be another topic. What is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just put that out to you guys, if you're interested. I was just, yeah. I, I got my big binder out from our class and yeah. there's a whole section in there that you went over and it's wonderful. It is just wonderful work to do. Oh, it yourself. is fantastic work on oh, purpose. Oh. We would love to have you back to go over okay. purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll look and try to find another opening. I know you're so busy teaching so much. No, but th- this is important work. And if it's reaching out to other people, that's what I love to do. Yes. You know, this, yeah. when I, when I was going through the foundations class with you, I would practice on Lisa and uh-huh. she was my willing guinea pig, I think, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or maybe I forced it on her, but it, it was actually during the timing of her leaving her abusive marriage. So it was just mm. perfect, beautiful oh, yeah, timing. Right. And it was work she had never done on herself. I certainly had never done that work on myself. And it has been just illuminating, insightful, freeing, all the things. And it is work that I wish I had done earlier on in life, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm happy I got it at all. Well, you know, a lot of people, I, I thought that too. Am I, why didn't I figure out my purpose when I was alone? You know, it happens when it's meant to happen. That's a good point. So- yeah, so I really do trust the universe of when these things show up mm-hmm. because of well, what's that old saying? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Kind oh, of deal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that happens to all of us in life. You know, we go through life and why is it I read a book 30 years ago and now I look at it and with totally different eyes, you know, I'm seeing things differently. And I hear that from a lot of people. Well, in college, I had to read this. And now here I am, I'm 45 or 50. And, and I read it, and it's totally different. Now, I don't know why I didn't get it then, you know, well, you weren't Mm -hmm. ready. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we build experiences to lead us to the point later on, and possibly. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been really wonderful. And I really hope that the audience gained a good grasp of an understanding of how to start working on their values. And I like how you point out that you can narrow it down. Don't just say family, but what does family actually mean? Yes, right. Yeah, what are the characteristics? Yeah. Yeah, you want peace, but what does that look like for you individually in your Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. at at this current moment? hopefully will give our audience a chance to, you know, really look inwardly and start seeing their personal value in themselves. Mm -hmm. Everyone is a valuable human being and no one ever deserves mistreatment. That's right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely look at having you back and think that it would be great to talk about purpose. I love that you have a lot of experience working with abused women and really just adds such a nice layer to our conversation today. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was work I loved to do, by the way. Mm. 
and what's exciting now is to work with women to move forward from where they were yes not just take a look at what was but what could be mm -hmm. yeah because as you said we don't stop at 18 we keep going we keep developing right. and growing yes absolutely absolutely isn't that exciting it's very exciting it we're really not done <laughs> we're never done that's right well Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on Here's Your Red Flag. And we really appreciate Lynn being with us. Thank you so much, Lynn, for mm. joining us today and teaching us and coaching us. It's so, my pleasure. I look forward to hearing from you again. Oh, yes, definitely. I hope that everybody got as much out of it as I think Lisa and I did. So we will be talking to y'all next week on Here's, Here's Your Red, Red Flag. flag. Thanks, Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Thank you all. I flew Here's Your Red Flag was written, directed, and recorded by Tony and Lisa and edited by Tony. Our theme song is Butterfly Woke by Jairus. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rating. Thanks, y'all. Butterfly Woke, can I die?